Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Naito is your 2023 G1 champion. AEW continues to build towards Wembley Stadium. Jay Uso says, deuces, ooses, that, and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I would have came up with deuces, ooses. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty it ain't going glass, but it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band for Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Mr. No Wrist Control. You know what I mean? Uh, and sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I'm Holy talking about jerking off! <laughs> I am. I just imagine your wrist like doing it of its own accord. (laughs) Yeah, like that movie Idle Hands with Seth Green. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Holy shit! Idle Hands. Yeah, that's amazing. That would be too with like a 19 year old Jeff Galbraith. That's neither here nor there. (laughs) What's going on, JCB? I did not expect that to kill you so Holy bad. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> you oh, never man. know, man. No, you never that, know. that's why I was like, I don't want to hear it because you get my instant, genuine reaction. Uh, all good, man. Uh, just G1 hangover. That's when I'm officially calling it from this point moving forward. After the end of G1, there's usually some sort of low. It's like, okay, what do I do next? Or in my case, like, goddamn, I'm tired. But, yes, the G1 hangover is in full effect for the week. And on that lovely note, I will ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 3, 2, 1. Chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart say it, hashtag, boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat, the holy trinity of BFR. Um, it's a recall wrestling for me, just looking at it from the perspective of the G1 and how great that was to coming over back to American wrestling and AEW and WWE and kind of looking at it a a bit of a side eye, but we'll talk about that as we go along. View askew, as they might say. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have three beers, Zach Ballman. What's going on, Zach? Beer for West is in the house. Oh, man, I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I podcast with fucking children. Sorry, boss. <laughs> okay, so uh, a little update. Uh, we're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, we got Vice in tow sitting there. So if you hear any jokes off mic and Jason giggling, that's where it's coming from. It's coming from the Giggle Twins. He's got a mic, man. Uh, I know. I give him a mic. He doesn't use it. He likes using the jokes <laughs> off mic, which is fine. However it goes. I'm funnier there. <laughs> hey, uh, same, same stripper, new titties. <laughs> so... I had to miss last week's uh, podcast. I was planning on podcasting, and we usually start around 8 p.m. Central Time. I was planning on podcasting the whole time at 7 p.m. I was pulling the burgers off the grill. Long story short, my daughter uh, 
went down four stairs on her bike, uh, hit her head really hard, kind of seized up. It was uh, terrifying. It was one of those things that scares you so bad. It wonder, it makes you wonder why you had kids in the first place. It's like, why? The, it's like, is this worth it? This is terrible. Uh, had to take her to Car. Had to, Unreal. Had to take her to Cardinal Glennon. It fucking sucked. She is completely normal now. There are people that reached out via DM. Uh, Jason, Zach, Bo all reached out via text uh, separately. We're all good. She's back to 100%. Apparently, that is a normal thing for children. When If it happens right after they hit their head, it is not a big deal. If it happens an hour later, that's when it's like, oh, shit, this is bad news because that means that something is going on internally. Long story short, she's fine. It was her birthday today. We had a great day. We went to the aquarium. Another thing that makes you question having kids is I watched so much fucking wrestling last week. And I was coming in hot. I mean, I had hot takes about SummerSlam, hot takes about the G1, hot takes about AEW, just hot as fucking shit, just fucking molten lava takes, man. And then the kid gets hurt. And then I had to just... And Aaron's, like, the, the we called 911. The EMTs were here. It was really scary. Aaron's, they were like, listen, she seems okay now, but you guys should still have her monitored, take her down to Cardinal Glennon. And my wife says, I guess I'll take her. You got the podcast. I was like, do you think I'm going to sit here and do the podcast? Like, no way. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm going to sit here and bitch about, uh, you know, how long Roman Reigns' entrance was while my <laughs> child is getting a fucking CAT scan. <laughs> it's like, well, Aaron, Aaron thought you had your priorities in mind. But- <laughs> <laughs> I know. What was I thinking? Hey, Zach, you remember the first time you knocked one of your kids out? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think started season, but I didn't stick around to see what happened an hour later. You did the podcast. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I did go to a concert the day after my son was born. Listen, what you know what they always they always say the thing. I, I'm sure the next time it happens, I'll do the podcast. <laughs> you got this right. It's right, just cool. this first, you know, for new parent type syndrome type shit. But anyway, uh, Edna May is great. Today's her second birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Edna May Josephine Vagie. Um, but all that being said, let's get to it because I am just a toy that's been wound up and wound up and it's going. <laughs> So I'm ready to go. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Unreal. JCB, kick it off. And these are one of the days where I'm like, man, I don't have kids. Dodge the bullet on that motherfucker. Um, sorry, Mike. Last time you can fast forward starting now. We're gonna jump back to No, no. no Mike, listen to this one, okay? He's you might learn listen. something. He's not going to listen. I don't, know who, I don't know who Mike is. <laughs> I was about to say, he ain't going to listen. So let's just go ahead and just jump to the chase. We're going to talk about the G1 Climax 33 semifinals and finals. Two semifinal matches. We opened up with Will Ospreay versus Naito, and then Evil and Okada was the main event. Um Coming into this, Will Ospreay obviously was the runner-up in the B block, Naito winning the D block. So they have maneuvered their way to this point where I was thinking to myself, this is probably Naito's last stand. You know, it's coming against Will Ospreay. I have no problem with that. As far as I'm concerned, Will Ospreay is on my short list of wrestler of the year. So if Naito loses this match, 
I'm totally okay with that. It's somebody that I can respect. I did, damn sure didn't want him to lose to Hikaleo in the quarterfinals. That would really piss me the fuck off. But neither here nor there. Uh, obviously, Naito wins the semifinal match in an instant classic. If you happen to stay awake like I did to watch it live, that bad boy was a barn burner from start to finish. Uh, Stardust Press needs to just come out of Naito's uh, playbook at this point. I love it. It's the reverse Phoenix Splash, which I have a fondness for, obviously. But you can't keep doing that and expect me to root you on because now you're pissing me off. But neither here nor there. Naito wins semifinal number one. Semifinal number two, obviously, the big story coming into this was one evil who had defeated Sonata in the quarterfinals. So he basically had a title match in his pocket facing the final boss in Kazuchika Okada. This was not nearly as good as the match beforehand, but I will give Okada credit. Well, I shouldn't even say that. I'll give Evil credit. They didn't have him pull out nearly as much fuckery as he did in the match before versus Shingo, which damn near had me pulling my scalp off my skin, but neither here nor there. Once again, Okada defeats How would Evil. you get, like, a grip on it? Oh, no, trust me. I can grip that motherfucker. It's just going to really hurt if I just, right, <laughs> rip loose, it. Loose it's enough gonna, that you can just grab the Yeah, skin. there's enough. It's just, you know, actually pulling it <laughs> off is going to be the uh, the trick portion of the program. Okada versus <laughs> Naito. That's what Shane Batty was trying to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a basketball joke, Zach. I was going to say, yeah. Look go, up Shane go, Batty's yeah, go Google, head. Yeah, go Google Shane Batty. B-A-T-T-I-E-R. Look up Shane Batty's head. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> finalist set, Naido versus Okada. Um, I'll let you guys talk about the semifinal before we talk about the final. What you think about it, Zach? <laughs> he looks like Thanos. <laughs> it looks like a, it like it looks like he has no skull. It's just brain under there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, echoing uh, Jason sentiments. Uh, if you don't think Will Ospreay's wrestler of the year, maybe like wrestler of a lifetime, like um, or uh, <laughs> he, this match pretty much just. Uh, got rid of all of my doubts because uh, not to uh, get ahead of ourselves, but uh, found out you know it's going to be Jericho versus Osprey at Wembley, and I was like in my head, I'm like, oh, that's not what I want. So I got to think of like ten guys more, and then I watched him have this awesome match with Naito, and then the last couple minutes of the match are just basically him giving himself three Destinos <laughs> because he had concussed Naito with a kick to the head, and like Naito couldn't even he had no idea where he was. And he's just completely out of it. You can just hear him. He's like, come on, bro. We've got two minutes. We got to we gotta wrap this up. We got to go home, bro. And he's just picking him up and doing all the spots himself, just carrying. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know if you, you – you would notice him, like, falling down. But if you weren't, like, uh, a total smart, I guess, if you would actually notice, like, he was, oh, like, shoot, injured. And then Osprey's literally, like, lifting him up and twisting him so that he can do the Destino to himself. And then he, he does two Destinos to himself, and he still kicks out to lift himself up for a third Destino. Oh, man, it, this is like a master class in, I don't know, like danger, but it was awesome. Yeah, about that match, um, I really didn't – I just – I'll be honest. I was like, man, Osprey is calling these calling this match really loud. Like, I heard him yell Destino, 
And I found out later that Naito had actually been uh, concussed, and uh, I haven't gone back and watched it. I was a big fan of this match anyway. Uh, and when I found out later that Osprey was basically doing it all himself, it was like, oh, shit. Uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, very fun match. Uh, despite it, it was compelling for, I mean, I want to go back and watch it because it's compelling for that reason. Uh, outside of your regular kayfabe uh, wrestling uh, enjoyment, but um, I was surprised at the outcome. I thought that Osprey was going to win. Apparently, not a whole lot of people on the internet did. They thought that Naito was going to win this. I guess I'm just a mark for Osprey. It was uh, it was a fun match in terms of the evil. This also was do or die for me because both you guys had Osprey and I had Naito. I'm like, well, this is it. This is where it all comes to a head. So, um, uh, What do you think about Evil versus Okada? Uh, it was fine. Um, I almost tune out Evil matches. Um, it was nice to see uh, Okada do those big high drop kicks one after the other to all the dudes who were trying to interfere. But, um, yeah, I, I can't lie and say that I – hyperanalyzed this match or watched it very closely. Um, I was, like, enthralled with Osprey versus Naito. I mean, they've had G1 finals before that are just phenomenal. They're just great together, um, and they're both phenomenal wrestlers. Um, I just can't with evil shit, so. Um, I, you know, I thought the evil Okada was pretty good, actually. I, I enjoyed it, uh, despite the fuckery. You know, if you come in expecting the fuckery, uh, it's kind of, okay, well, how well are they going to do this? I thought that they did it really well. You know, putting evil in there, a lot of this G1, talking on a on a macro level, was about the young guys. A lot, of, at least from our perspective, uh, what we were interested in were the three musketeers, Yosuji, Shota Umino, and Rin Narita. Um also, Kaido Kiyomiya, Gabriel Kidd. You know, we'll talk about him in a little bit when I ask for your guys' uh, overall thoughts on the G1 now that it's over. But having evil, you know, the final four were kind of chalky, you know, which is fine. This, you know, I Chris Samsa, the, the real Chris Samsa, the guy who does all the New Japan stats on Twitter, I saw a tweet of his that said this – this G1 was not about 2023. This G1 was about 2026. And I thought that that was an interesting take that, hey, it's okay. So they're introducing us to the new crop of guys that are going to eventually take over at least three of the four guys that we saw in this final four. Maybe not Okada. He's still pretty uh, pretty young relatively. But uh, anyway, I thought that e Evil being in the final four – Certainly served its purpose because I was watching it. I thought that there was no way that Evil was going to win, but I was watching it thinking, are they really going to fucking do some shit like this? Because Evil versus Sonata at the Tokyo Dome, I wouldn't put it past them. So, um, all that being said, I enjoyed this match. Better than I anticipated. The Dome of Torture. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Nah, the only reason I would say that I didn't wouldn't think that Evil would have beat Okada is that he beat Sonata already going towards this match. Yeah. So basically he had bird in hand. Yep. And obviously coming up to this point, Okada has been just on a roll. The only loss is to Will Ospreay, which is, you know, nothing to complain about, cry over spilled milk about. So in this scenario, it just felt like once Naito won, I was like, okay, now the final is set. 
when's at least last, in my head. When's the last time that Okada's had three losses in basically a month and a half? I mean, he lost to uh, Brian, he lost to Osprey, and then he lost to Naito in the final. That was the build. Thank you for the segue. That was the build uh, for Chris Charlton uh, leading into the final, where basically Naito was coming in to win his third overall. This was the sixth anniversary to the day of him winning his second in the same venue, uh, Ryogoku Sumo Hall. Uh, So it just felt like, I hate to use the word Destino, but it felt like it was meant to be in that scenario. And on the other side, you have obviously Okada trying to make history with three straight wins, tying then that would tie him with Masahiro Chono with five overall. So history on both sides of the fence to be had. Chris Charlton, God bless that man. He had me wide awake by the time those two guys were coming out. I was definitely on the struggle bus watching this one live as well, but I knew me well enough to know that I couldn't go to sleep in good conscience and not wonder what was going to happen, what is happening. So I set it up and I watched it, and once again, totally worth the wait. Another instant classic between these two guys, not nearly as... Uh, physical as the Osprey Naido match and the commentary made uh, good notes of that. Just on a personal mark level, I really wasn't even rooting for Naido over Will Osprey until Will Osprey spat on him. And at that point, the mark in me came out and I was like, okay, fuck this shit. You need to win this match. This match, the Okada match, it was just like, if he can not get hit by the Rainmaker, we're okay. And that was, you know, every time you, you saw the Rainmaker coming, Naito ducked. I was like, okay, still in the match, still in the match. So, for me, this was the up and down roller coaster ride. Obviously, the up part being Naito defeating Okada to win the G1 in a little over, I believe it was 28 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I did not expect it, and I know I'm going to take shit for it. But I will take shit for it. As far as you, if you stop and think about it, there was no reason to think that Naito was going to win the G1 really coming into it. Zach called it. I'll give you credit for that. But for me personally, he had no momentum coming in. Looking at it in the final match, even though it sounded real good, Okada had beaten him in the last two matches. They had faced off against each other both for the title. I remember sitting here and complaining about the fact that Naito was getting fed to Okada, and that never made sense to me either. So as far as I was concerned, there was really no way that Naito was going to get back to this point and winning it all. But I have no problem eating a big spoonful of shit and gobbling it up. Naito wins the G1, and I was dead-ass wrong. There you go. Zach, what do you think about this match? Yeah, it was worthy of a G1 final, and having two guys like that in a G1 final, like, you just go in, like, knowing that you're going to see a great match, and, man, those guys just, I don't don't know the time, I didn't look and see, like, how long, it's one of those where I'm just, like, into it, and I don't even notice, like, how long it is, but you can kind of, you get the rhythms in, and you start, like, feeling, like, all right, man, like, they're getting close to, like, 
going home and I feel like they wrestled for like seven more minutes after that and I was just like on the edge of my seat um very good G1 final um not probably not the best like in the last five years but they've all been great but uh I'm not saying it's the worst either it's just that we've had some pretty exceptional ones um last year obviously being a huge bummer um with Kota Bushi that was just last year right no, no two, two years ago oh, two years ago okay yeah yeah he's been gone from it for two years ago anyway um but yeah uh absolutely great match like this is why you watch all right i mean for me this is why i watch new japan um these guys have history they each have a journey um you know you don't really need uh promos to even even though they exist you don't really need them um, especially with a, a, such a fantastic commentary team laying out the stories and the stats and everything for you. Um, but yeah, just excellent pro wrestling. Um, this is uh, stuff that I want people to like walk in and see me watching and be like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is awesome. These guys are beating the shit out of each other. Holy shit. Uh, everybody's so excited. Um, for me, this is like, I mean, uh, pure, pure pro wrestling. Yeah, let's uh, let's make a little mental note right there about what you want people to watch, what you people, what you want people to walk in on and watch you seeing when you say <laughs> you're watching pro wrestling because there's something else coming. Much, there's yeah, something coming later on. Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh we're gonna be fighting on who's gonna take a shit on this motherfucker first. I promise you that. Uh, but Zach is completely right. This is uh, completely worthy of a G1 file. You know, not the work radius of types of matches that Okada and Naido have had. They've certainly gone at each other many, many times. But in terms of storytelling and callbacks to other matches, things of that nature, this was exactly what you want man i didn't know i didn't know who was gonna win i could see him going either way um i was pleasantly surprised that naido went over uh like i like i just said you know when's the last time the Okada lost three times in this short amount of time it does seem like they're hopefully they're trying to tell a story here with okada i think that naido well let me ask you this i'll jason i'll go to you first does naido go on to Tokyo Dome does he keep the title shot because they usually do wrestle for you know Okada last year famously said I'm not putting this up on the way to <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom at all I'm keeping this say, until Wrestle Kingdom so we have four months until Wrestle Kingdom basically um does Naido keep it does Naido face Sonata and does Naido win at Wrestle Kingdom uh, post-match, uh, Naido's backstage and talking to the press, Jeff Cobb comes up and basically interrupts him. So that inter that was my first question in my head was thinking about myself, what's going to happen next? Jeff Cobb answers my question fairly quickly. So my guess is we're going back to the way it used to be. The G1 winner is going to have at least a match if not two i would be very surprised if we did not see shane haste and naito for that same g1 uh rights birth simple for the fact that shane haste beat naito so if jeff cobb is going to get that same claim shane haste should get that same claim too i would expect naito to win both of those matches from there does he meet sonata my guess is yes. Um, 
either way, it's L.I.J. ties. It's we've already done Naito, Evil, Sonata. I think if he's going to drop the title, at least deserves to go to Wrestle Kingdom, go to the Tokyo Dome and drop at that point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Evil beat Sonata, especially with the injury to Sonata's left arm, bicep, whatever the case may be. So that's something to kind of, you know, circle and look forward to. But if I had to take a guess, my guess is it's going to be Sonata and Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. They haven't wrestled a singles match since Sonata beat Naito in the New Japan Cup. You know how New Japan tells stories. It's usually circular. That's just my guess. Yeah, I feel pretty much exactly the same. Um, If Naito didn't win, I was actually thinking uh, that if he didn't go all the way, that it would likely be that, like, Sonata wouldn't carry to Wrestle Kingdom. But since Naito won, I think Sonata's taken us to Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know... It depends on how things go after that. I do think Naito wins at Wrestle Kingdom. I think the Sonata experiment, um, you know, he's a very solid wrestler. I like the the new group. I like the Just Five Guys. I, I like his work now probably better than ever, but he's not the hottest guy in the company, and you want your chance to be the hottest guy in the company. Yeah, and I think that Naito you know, his best days are probably behind him. And I think he's got one more, uh, one more ride at the top. And I think that he takes it on January 4th and that he has a good lengthy run with it. And they- <laughs> just like, uh, just like Tanahashi took from uh, Kenny a few years ago. It's kind of the same thing. It's like his last rock. Yeah. So like I said, Naito is your 2023 G1 winner. Big picture thoughts on the G1. Who was who surprised you? Who surprised you the most? Who disappointed you the most? Who had the best tournament? Any way you want to go with it, Zach? Uh, I'd say some surprise um, and almost a disappointment. I think I talked a little bit about this. Was uh, Rinderita? Um, he didn't really stand out nearly as much as some of the other young lines, especially guys that. I did not not young lions, but this new generation, especially guys that I hadn't even really thought, and just kind of like, you know, why are they even in there? When I think about people like Gaijin that I went in, but like Gabriel Kidd stood out, and I was like, holy shit! Like he was uh, somebody that I was just not expecting to make. He carved out his niche, right? He carved out a difference and um, made his matches unique and brought a lot of uh, interesting. Uh, kind of dynamic to to the blocks and laid into the storytelling that, you know, you're going to have brutal matches. Um, I think we all talked about, too, like Mikey Nichols. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere uh, and, like, was having some really solid matches, pretty brutal stuff, um, along with Alex Coughlin. Uh, but, uh, yeah, guys, guys were, I was just like, eh, why are they in there? And then they really, they earned it, and they really kind of showed the world uh, what they can do, and it's exciting because a lot of them are pretty young. Um, some people do got to go, though. Um, Tangaloa, sorry, bud. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's, it's time for him to Stevie Ray his way on out of here. And, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad that, Zach, I did listen to the podcast last week. I listened to the podcast last week, and I'm so glad that Zach brought up Tangaloa's horrible worked punches 
and Okada basically insulting our intelligence by selling him the way that he did. Um, that was, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I had a whole, a whole thing planned for that. So uh, you had my back. I appreciate it. Zach, I'll ask you the same questions. Um, any way that you want to go with it. And then Zach kind of gave me, gave, had a pretty good idea of that. I want somebody that you don't think should be back besides Tangaloa. But you can answer, you can go any 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 way you want to. Biggest disappointment is still Great Okan. Um, I don't care how anybody wants to slice or dice it. If Naido just wins this year's G1, part of Naido's journey is losing to Great Okan. I believe it was three years ago now that uh, Great Okan came in. and That's starting to look like Fandango Jericho. <sighs> Damn. Woof. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Damn. I didn't even think of it that way. But yeah, we could uh, we could throw that out there. Uh, somebody that I don't want to come back at this point right now. It feels like Kenta is the that person that I can do without. Um, Chase Owens always seems like that person that people want to throw out there. But I think Chase Owens serves a purpose where he makes the young talent look better. There's no reason that Kenta should be there. He doesn't serve any purpose to me. It's hit or miss with his performances. If it's somebody that he doesn't respect, it feels like he plays just, down to the, the competition versus if it's somebody that, you know, it feels like he does respect, he, you know, he rises to the occasion. The fuckery aside, I, I think Kenta is the one, that, the first person for me to ask to go. And uh, like I said, the biggest disappointment is still Great O'Con. Um. I, I'll disagree with you about Chase Owens. I don't think that he makes anybody look good, and I think that he only wrestles his own kind of matches, and his own kind of matches are like Yano matches without the comedy. It's like he like he throws on a pile driver at the end, and that's basically all the work he does. He doesn't really sell. He doesn't really do anything exciting. He's not a very dynamic character. Damn, you sound like you're talking about Kenta to me. Well, Kenta... Chase Owens matches like watching a, a very tired like hotel clerk who's worked like an eight hour shift <laughs> trying to wrestle a bag of milk into that like automatic milk dispensing machine. Say <laughs> man, fuck this shit. <laughs> Chase Owens, see you later. There's no reason to have him in there. You know, Jason, there's something that you didn't mention. And I like that you gave him credit where credit was due last week when I wasn't here to defend his honor. My man Toriano. Did you mention Yano? Oh, yeah, yeah because he's yeah. he was trying to like uh, commit homicide in the middle of a uh, wrestling <laughs> ring. So, yeah, you know, th those things kind of stand out. All of a sudden, he was New Jack. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? This nigga got scissors. What the fuck's wrong with him? Every you got now pissed and off. Yeah, okay, and that, that's what I ask. Every now and then, you know, remind me that, you know, you could just snap at the drop of a dime. That's all I ask from Yano. He's still all day, every day is fuck Yano, but, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, Gabe Kidd, uh, you know, if you asked me, I bet they watched Gabe Kidd this tournament, and they were like, we could probably make him head of Bullet Club sometime in the future. We could we could, we might be able to have him take it away from Finley. You might Jesus be able to tell a story Christ, like that. dude. I was about to say, Finley just got the fucking man. Let him run with it for yeah. a little bit. I'm saying that Dave Gabe Kid is a character. Yes. And would be 
a fun leader of Bullet Club, like just a little fucking bulldog who's super pissed off. Should they be it's, fighting all the goddamn time? Are you kidding me? But, I mean, I thought that David Finley was a little disappointing to me. And I'll just say his name. He wasn't the most disappointing, but he's somebody that we haven't mentioned very much in our analysis of the G1. I expected a lot of him uh, in terms of work rate, and it was just okay. I thought he had a better tournament last year when he had that killer match with Osprey, and really... Um, we're kind of burying the lead here. Will Ospreay was the performer of the tournament. Everybody everybody that he fought had their best match against Will Ospreay, um, I guess. Yeah. But Ospreay was incredible. And then you throw, into, you throw in the shoot heroics of the semifinal match with Naito, where he basically took over the match, called the match with a guy who was basically out on his feet and still managed to get, you know, four-and-a-half-star match. Uh, Will Ospreay was the performer of the tournament, and I'm not sure it's close. And maybe it's just because you expect it, but, man, every single match that guy fought was must-see, including against the people that you don't really care about. Um, I, I thought his match against Tai Chi at the very beginning where he lost was fucking great. You remember how good that was? on? Night? I think that was night one. That, that was, was fucking that was awesome. Very, I was just like, what the fuck? Wait a minute. All right, it's G1 season. You know, motherfuckers are going to you know, lose when you don't expect them to lose. Um, I can't disagree with that too much. Uh, ELP, I thought he and ELP had a, obviously a really good match. Yes, very fun. Um, very good match. Him and David Finley, I thought, in the quarterfinals, I thought had a really good match. From that point on, he had a run of matches that had just been incredible to sit back and watch. So in that scenario, I can't too much disagree with that. Um, guys that, you know, kind of stand out besides Wallspray, obviously. Eddie Kingston, I think, deserves some love. Yep, um, a good tournament. I, I still say all of the three musketeers, even Renneria, even though he might be hey, underneath the uh, the radar. We came through the pandemic. NJPW was back, and it's exciting right yeah, now. Very sure. fun. Very high upside. Hickaway, who came off the side of the milk carton, so that's, you know, at least somebody else on the uh, the upswing. Tom and Tonga, I thought it was very underrated, right. but it still, it still has good matches. So I mean, I mean, Ishii was fucking great again. If this is really his last one, that's a shame. It better not be shit. Tanahashi coming back, Ishii coming back. I mean, because Ishii's like Mark Henry right now. He's got plenty left in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Ishii wear a pink suit like Henry did that night. <laughs> oh, if you see that, I'm going to. That's going to be my mark out moment of the year. All right, so I don't have the prediction book in front of me i know that zach predicted naito we're gonna have to figure out how many points we're giving that shit because jason you were right you did very well at SummerSlam. i was listening to it i know that you said that last week um but like i said the book's inside and i just don't feel like going to get it if i th without heading the g1 into it i think zach and i are tied at 36 and i think jason jumped out to a four-point lead all i had to do was talk shit one week about how i was in first <laughs> And I've completely shit the bed since. Jason has shot right past me. <laughs> no, that's just, what just, I get. That's just, just, just being consistent. Like so, I said, just, um, it's a sprint. Or it's a marathon. It's final a thoughts, uh, G1 2023. I know people have been down on it saying it wasn't a great G1. I say that in wrestling, just like anything else, people try to sometimes downplay shit to make it seem like they know more than everybody else. Fuck you guys. This G1 was great. 
Yeah, people saying this D1 is not good at like them saying like those idiots saying like Margot Robbie's not hot enough to play Barbie. Yeah, those like people saying she's mid or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a thing. Fucking idiot. Hey, well, hang on. But, hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I know. That's a thing. <laughs> hang on. I gotta, I'm very, I gotta cut you off for 30 seconds. She's not hot enough. That's, that's the thing. She doesn't look like Barbie. Uh, She's not hot enough I think to it's play like, Barbie. I think it's, I think it's like this meme that started with like some incel guys, and uh, like it turned into like a like a like a right wing thing. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. That's yeah. the dumbest fucking shit I ever heard in my life. I mean, she legit looks like Barbie, number one. And number two, she's pretty fucking hot. I don't think that we have to legislate how hot Margot Robbie is here during our G1. Uh, during our G1 Sorry, analysis. Man, it's just... Obviously, yeah, she's very hot. Uh, they call me Mr. No Wrist Control. Trust me, I thought about this before. Uh, all right, let's get but to that. I will say, though, yeah. one of the reasons probably is, like, objectively, right before know. the pandemic, those, like, couple of years, we had um, the best G1s in history. And, of course, after pandemic and, and just in general, whenever you lose some of that talent, and like some of them are not quite in their prime anymore, and you're just going to have different, and also the shift in the box and everything, it's just going to be different. But there was a couple of years there when we first started the podcast, and there was two blocks of 10, and holy shit, between those matches and those finals, um, we can go back and watch them. Anytime we want to. Yep. And the fact that we don't is just a product of there being so much wrestling. But uh, I yeah. think that's probably one reason. People comparing it to, like, just very recently it was the best it's ever been. Right. Yes. 2018 New Japan was as good as wrestling's basically ever been. I mean, in terms of in-ring product. So that's going to do it for our 2023 G1 coverage. Come back next year for our 2024 G1 coverage. Let's get to that two count. Night was going back to back, baby. <laughs> two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. Um, we can just talk uh, for an hour about uh, CM Punk's dark promo that Holy he did shit. after. No, I'm just I joking. <laughs> I forgot about that, though. I really forgot yeah. about that. There's so much fucking wrestling. It's a lot of shit going on yeah. right now. Yeah, it's just um, him trying to you know, keep this thing going because uh, he's the only dude that ever talks about it. Uh, so uh, at one point, you just got to be like, I don't know, All right. move on. So how uh, much do we? Anyway. Bu- how much do we buy this though? I know that I always say let's not talk about he who should not be named, but it's like you know sometimes it is fun to talk about. Um, so they say that he and the young bucks have an agreement maybe it might be legal it might not where they don't they aren't supposed to talk about each other on television but apparently that doesn't extend to hangman page clearly so that's why punk went in on do you actually think that was a shoot a a part of me does i just don't think that they get punk doesn't what punk's like me in this scenario if i don't like you i don't like you and I don't, and I don't hold, you know, I don't hide that shit very well. You know what they say about you? You're a cult of personality. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was say, don't, 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 I like the song. I don't, don't want me in with punk. Um, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I think there's something to this, and I always have. It, it's something about punk that just likes to needle, you know. And I think that's that's just more of him, just you know, needling 
Hangman Page for whatever reason he decides that he wants to do it. You know, that's Michael Jordan is famous for, you know, like inventing shit in his head to keep him motivated. You know, uh, the last dance documentary, you know, Karl Malone won the MVP. And, you know, I took that shit personally, you know, something to that effect. Same thing here. To me, all this is is just punk taking a shot on someone that he knows, A, he can, and B, probably is not going to take a shot back at him. I don't know if this is legally binding or not, and honestly, I don't care. To me, this is just punk being punk. And I said it when he came back, sooner or later, he's going to do some shit or say some shit that's going to get him into some hot water. And slowly but surely, that's starting to happen. I'm going. I'm just waiting patiently for someone besides Ryan Nemeth to step up to the plate and just call him out for being the, the soft little hush puppy that he is. Oh yeah, he's just such a such a petty bitch. Like he just can't let it go. Uh, I just think it's so funny, and it's fine to talk about, especially this week. There, um, there isn't Bill to Wembley, but like a lot of uh, the shows, uh, we'll talk about Dynamite, but like a lot of Collision was just squash matches. So there's not a whole lot to, to kind of go over, but I, I don't know. And we're never going to know about like the legal aspects of it or the ins and outs. Cause like nobody's talking. Right. And, but uh, do I believe that CM Punk is petty enough to make sure that people don't enter the building where he's essentially like a big part of the show? Like uh, absolutely. Um, and do I think that he's petty enough to, you know, shoot on a, in a promo uh, in like a non kayfabe promo after the fact, absolutely. I tell you uh, what. And also at the same time, I do think it is potentially him trying to make something happen uh, where you know he can just generate drama and controversy, get people talking about him, and then maybe working into a program with him and Paige because um, that is money. Yeah, Paige is like the only guy that hasn't said anything about anything this entire time. Um, and he kind of came out looking the best out of anybody, um, except maybe Kenny Omega for the whole dog saving thing. But. True. Um, going, going shoot during a promo is CM Punk. Not letting people in the building at Collision because you're a big deal—that's CM Corporate. Fuck him. He's a bitch. That's a bitch move, dude. You ain't CM Punk. That is a bitch move. What a fucking bitch. God damn. Fucking bitch. That's good stuff. Damn. Come find me, Phil. Oh, he's back. All right, uh, that's all we got to talk about, Punk, unless you guys want to yeah. say anything else. No, nah, I was going to say, we, obviously, we're going to talk about his punk ass here in a little bit. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, we did get um, a very confusing kind of segment. Uh, Ricky Starks comes out wearing, like, a designer life preserver, and uh, they said hey, that man, he... Hey, man, hey, man, don't be talking about my boy like that. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you ain't going to be talking about my boy like that, man. That nigga look good. Marty McFly-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm walking here i'm walking here anyway um they uh they you know do uh, the thing in the ring with tony shivani and apparently he's been suspended from wrestling for 30 days but there's a loophole where he got a manager's license 
so he's still on the show. How the hell um, does that happen? I'm into this. That that's old school. <laughs> oh my God. That's old school. Who the hell gave his ass a marriage license? You no, I, li- I like that. <laughs> no, I'm, it's in kayfabe style. I assume that this is going to be a way to have him tag along with somebody for the next 30 days. Now, who that person is. Well, there's an opportunity to do some storytelling. Yeah. You know? Which is fine. I think Rick. It also, no, go it ahead. also makes it so he won't be on wrestling on either of the pay-per-view shows uh, which means like um it keeps him it keeps the punk feud going but it keeps him um off of like a bigger like punk's gonna have bigger matches on those pay-per-views so it's kind of convenient he can still come out and do his little pose like he's michael jackson at six flags or That's some right. shit god damn it <laughs> That's pretty funny. He should he should uh, manage the, the weird, creepy old Six Flags guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with all the keys. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. You remember when Junior Soprano has dementia and he sees the guy from Six Flags on the commercial and he goes, "Why am I on TV?" <laughs> That's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> That's so um, fucking funny. Uh, a claim squash match, and the only reason I bring it up is because they're pretty much pretending like Billy Gunn is dead. Um, I mean, like, Anthony Bowens was crying on television last week, uh, saying, scissor me, daddy, in, in tears, real tears. And uh, now they just carry out his boots, and they talk about his spirit being with him. It's kind of uh, funny. I mean, it really does throw it into relief how ridiculous scissor me, daddy is when he, like, says it, like, earnestly like well he's all emotional right yeah yep. <laughs> it's it really really underscores how silly pro wrestling is oh my god <laughs> yeah i mean he's like boo, and i'm just like no this that's probably not the time to be talking about scissor me daddy i'm just saying scissor me daddy uh all right so um joe had a squash match again uh and then um <laughs> He basically just killed a dude and said, you know, I'm the king of television, CM Punk, where's my answer? And he says, I'm going to get one from you. So that plays into later in the show. Um, And then we had uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus um, coming down. And, uh, I mean, just classic Christian Christian Cage stuff. Uh, But uh, Arn and Brock come out, and that's Brock Anderson, not Lesnar. Don't get you excited. It's pretty much the opposite of Brock Lesnar. Wow. Um, Brock Anderson. The only the only similarity is that they're two white guys who wrestle professionally. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, he just murders him, and. Uh, I don't even know why this happened, really. I guess just to wrap up, the put a bow on the it Arn and, really, and Christian thing. Yeah, it really didn't make any sense while it was happening. Even to say it's putting a bow on the Arn and Christian thing is... That's that's yeah. giving it a little, to go too it much really, credit. It really is. It really is. <laughs> they rolled Brock out there to get that ass handed to him. That's it. Nothing more. You you thought about it long, more about it than I did, even though commentary did make mention of it. When I saw Brock out come out, I was like, "Oh no, oh oh no!" <laughs> Christian Cage is doing work, though. He is doing work. Oh yeah, he fucking rules. No, no argument here. I just it, in a time where I, I'm not excited about a lot of things in AEW, 
Christian Cage is a is a high water Man, bar. He's going to be able to do this forever. He's yeah. going to be able to just be a heel fucking asshole manager forever, and he can probably still wrestle some every now the and line, then. You know? Yeah, every now and then, if you need it to break him out of the uh, breaking case of emergency, you can get Christian Cage out into a match. But yeah, you can slowly but surely see him kind of going over into what I would assume the next stage of his wrestling career and being, you know, the next great I would manager. love to I would love to see him do some heel commentary too. I bet he'd be fucking great at it, man. Yeah, for sure. That's gonna oh, say yeah. he's got a lot of talent. Uh so Hobbs comes out, uh got a pretty nice little promo. Um how Hobbs, Hobbs you promo guy. But uh it he was calls decent. out Miro and man, just thinking about this match uh, sounds pretty awesome. I don't know if they wrestled before or not. Maybe <laughs> like did they wrestle for like the TNT title or anything? I don't, I don't remember who that all happened. I don't really but, remember um, Miro's first run very much. It was so stunted. There was a lot of Kip Sabian shit. It's like I didn't really get it. I want to say and they, they did not wrestle. And Hobbs is also vastly improved, like physically and just as a performer. So yeah, he's got um, a lot more confidence. He's gotten a lot more yeah. confident. Totally. Um, he, um, yeah, he calls him out. Um, the what QTTV guys uh, come and, and so try to beat him uh, up. But, Camarado. Yeah. And uh, Nero, you know, deals with them. But uh, he ends up getting a spine, spine buster from Hobbs, lays him out, and lays the book of Hobbs on him. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty fun reason to watch Collision. Um, more of that, please. That sounds good. Um, and then uh, this very long uh, main event. Uh, it's like very obvious. They're like, we're going to put CM Punk in a very long main event match every week. Um, that's like the the pretty much, you know, for or most weeks for, for Collision. And yeah, House of Black uh, defeated CMFTR. Um, it was uh, a good television main event seemed like it just went a little long, but I think the the fun thing that happened in here was whenever people got in the ring with CM Punk, like Malachi Black, uh, especially fans were very much into it, and um, people want to see like that singles match happen, and that seems pretty fun to me. Yeah, but, that was uh, but, that was kind of surprising how hot the crowd was for Malachi Black and CM Punk to be in the ring together. Buddy that Murphy. Just, yeah, well, Buddy Matthews. I'm sorry, but I, I think that Malachi Henry Black Bonnie did the same thing. Yep, uh, Malachi Black, CM Punk could be a fun program. Totally, it would uh, be but, different. For uh, sure. Kind of, as far as like the story here, uh, Joe, uh, you know, made good on his promise, and uh, he choked out Punk, and uh, it was kind of crazy because it happened right during the finish. Uh, Jim Ross also in commentary for this thing should mention, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, fun TV main event and furthered some storyline, and House of Black continues to dominate that that trio's division. So that was Collision. What you think about the main event, Jason? It it was it was a long main event. I I was a little surprised that they fucking long man. They I watched Roman Reigns' entire entrance. Nigga, you a shit. <laughs> God damn. The whole thing? Damn. <laughs> I, watched get, I watched Naido get undressed after <laughs> he got into the ring and Roman Reigns' entrance. It was just a long match. I mean, 
I watched, yeah, I, watched, I like watching those dudes wrestle. I watched half a season two of The Wire. That's a good old wire. Like, Naito, um, he must have to, uh, I mean, his prostitution rates must be much higher because uh, he's got to pay for so much extra time just to get those pants off. I watch, I watch it on my iPad, and I'm hitting the 10-second thing, like, from the moment he starts taking off his clothes. Because he comes in there fully dressed, for those that don't watch it. He comes in there fully dressed and gets out of his suit while everybody just stands around and watches him. And it takes for, and I hit the 10-second thing. I was like, God damn, what the fuck? I just kept hitting it. It took him like two and a half minutes. It took him he forever. Snap. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he takes out his cufflinks, though. Oh, yeah, he's taking his sweet-ass time, dog. I'm like, shit, perfect. Two minutes, I got to go to the bathroom. I can do this. I can do that. <laughs> he, emp- he empties his pockets. Yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> like, checks his breast pocket. Right, just, you know, do I have my phone on me? Is <laughs> <laughs> right. the card still in here? Uh, I like Joe's interference. You know, Joe's the one guy that can do that where I'm like, yeah, that tracks. You know, he's... You know, I don't mind him coming in and choking out CM Punk at the end. Yeah, right. Um, well, no, did, Joe, that's what, but that's kind of the way what Three Beers said. That's why I like how this match ended ultimately because I was thinking, well, somebody's going to have to, you know, take the pin. The Tyler's are on the line. There's just no, you can't really, you can't do a count out. You could, you got to say it all the time. You could do what you want to, but I don't think that's the way that, they wanted to do it here. At least TK wanted to do it here. Joe gave him a chance to for Punk to come out and accept, and he didn't. So now you pay the price. It's classic Joe. Um, it, at least makes me more excited about a a match with a title that has that feels like it has absolutely to do with with nothing. But probably the week after, it has everything to do with everything. But we'll see what that happens here in a little bit. Um. The match was just long. That's all. It was good. It was just long. Yeah. Uh, what about Dynamite, Zach? All right. So Dynamite was super fucking weird. Um, this was one of those things where, like, I'm totally sober, and I'm like, am I? Um, but oh, I whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Stop, stop tape. You watch this shit sober? I watch I'm trying it. to be more sober. It's related to the story that I have to tell you guys. Oh. Uh, about this weekend, but I'm trying to be. <laughs> oh, all right. We need to get this podcast over with quick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so we opened uh, with a with a hot little match here: uh, Orange Cassidy versus uh, Wheeler Yuta. Uh, something about um, Orange Cassidy has the international title and I think uh, Yuta's lunch money. So um, that was the build. Uh, but they <laughs> wrestled pretty good, and they had like a kind of an interesting beginning where they were like, uh, we're just going to like throw blows. Like and they wrestled like, you know, an Ishii match at the beginning, but they ended up doing uh, more of their kind of typical stuff. Uh, as this thing got going, I think my favorite part was after uh, Blackpool combat club comes out and Orange Cassidy like sets up for the orange punch, but he does a paradigm shift <laughs> instead. Uh, but uh, he does end up, uh, getting a cradle and and pinning Wheeler Yuta, and this is the first of many times that people are attacked after a match or a segment, and you wouldn't notice it normally because this is what Blackpool Combat Club does. Uh, but it is the beginning of kind of a theme throughout this show. Uh, but so they they attack Orange Cassidy. Best friends come out to make the save. 
they couldn't make it happen. Lucha Brothers then come out, uh, and then uh, Moxley and Claudio get chairs, but then Eddie Kingston comes out fresh from the G1, and he just immediately goes and starts beating up Claudio, which I love, that he just can't give up this beef they had in Shikara uh, so long ago in kayfabe, and uh, they just immediately fight, and uh, Kingston grabbed a mic, and again, we don't have – we had things circling around this, and there's kind of a build, but it's just funny. It's like Eddie Kingston's like a booker now. I love it. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to book myself on the largest wrestling show in history. I'm just going to say I'm on it and hope for the best. <laughs> but Shoot your shot, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, like sending, you know, like Carmen Electra a DM. I couldn't think of another hot girl name. She might not even be hot anymore. I don't know. But um, uh, it's just me Okay, yeah. so so I get anyway, that. so he says stadium stampede match. So that's the idea. We're gonna have Eddie Kingston with the best friends and the Lucha Brothers versus and uh, Orange Cassidy, Blackpool, and Orange Cassidy versus uh, I, and I just looked them up with the best friends uh, with <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club and a threesome of their choosing that has not been determined yet. Go. Okay, so. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here. I've a lot of thoughts, and I gotta get them out before I forget about it. So, um, Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta. I'll give that segment a B plus. I like watching those two guys wrestle. They have good chemistry. They've they, they've been telling the story about Orange Cassidy uh, being really tired and broken down for a long time. It is it's like kayfabe style. It's probably time for him to lose it. Um, because it's starting it's ago. starting to get pretty unbelievable. But anyway, I you know he's winning with cradles, so that's cool. Uh, the after segment of this, I give an F, <laughs> just a big old fucking F. This was so fucking lazy to have Blackpool Combat Club come out, best friends, Lucha Brothers, Eddie Kingston. Then Eddie Kingston just gets to say, hey. Wembley Stadium. Oh, Wembley Stadium, Liz Lemon. Liz Lemon, we are Wembley Stadium. <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, I got a quick question. What's the over-under on how many White Castles Eddie Kingston had in his pocket at that point? I mean... Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I bet that dude just takes four white four sliders at a time, crushes, puts them in a ball, and just eats them like a big ball. That's that's how I picture Eddie Kingston eating. You motherfuckers ain't shit. Listen, and the the fact that these guys are going to be involved in a stadium stampede match at Wembley is there something below an F? That is terrible. That is not what I want to see these guys in. I love those types of matches, but there are so many guys in that match that are getting wasted on the stadium stampede that could be having singles matches, which is actually what I want to see. At what point is John Moxley's predilection for death matches and bleeding all the time actually bringing down Claudio Castagnoli? Whoa. I don't know. I, I didn't. Um, I... I, I kind of see that, but I feel like you have the biggest show in history. You have a UK fan base that's going to want to see as many stars as they can. So you're going to have more multi-man matches. And if you're going to have a multi-man match, like it with those guys having it be stadium stampede, I was like hyped for it. And I think whenever we see it, it's going to be awesome. So there is uh, no doubt. I get, what you, I get what you're saying though. There's no doubt the entire pay-per-view is going to be awesome. You know, forbidden door coming into it, 
you know, you look at some of those multi-man matches, you're like, okay, but then some of the, they have like that five-on-five where Ishii like comes out of nowhere, not really comes out of nowhere, but he has, he's like the standout from the match. You're like, oh, that was Takeshita. fucking, that was fucking great, Takeshita. You know, that was fucking great. So I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Sorry, Jason, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, I, to me, the, when the Gucci brothers came out, I was like, wait a minute, hang on, hang on, hang on. Why are they coming out? Who are they getting ready to beat up? Because they were just trying to kill the best friends, like, in the last two weeks. That's where it, it just started to not really make sense for me. You, they, When they came out, they could have attacked Blackpool Combat Club or the best friends. When they attacked BCC, obviously, it, they made their choice, but it doesn't make sense. From that point... I guess we'll just have to figure out, you know, who's on the uh, the heel side of the fence before I really start getting excited about this. And just like Zach said, like Eddie Kingston just gets to come in and say Wembley Stadium. Hey, it's man. just hey man, he just came so he came back, hey, he it, just came back from the G one dog. Listen, I thought that Eddie Kingston had a great G one. I liked him on commentary. I like Eddie Kingston the performer. I tease him a little bit sometimes, you know. I tease him, but that, I'm not even putting this on Eddie Kingston. I'm putting this on the company. I'm putting this on the promotion. Like oh, you got to, you got to give them something more than that. That's all I got. Do you think him saying Webley Stadium is like them pointing at the WrestleMania sign? Dude, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's yes, but that also sucks when people do that. Remember when Triple H and Undertaker just looked at it? God. I thought it was better than pointing <laughs> at the shit. I was like, damn. Okay, I, I get you. Okay, I, let's do this shit. I know. But it's like really that there's no story. You guys just come hey, out and look hey, at the sign. Hey, they didn't need no story. You just look up at you know that what? Sign, They're like, in the creating this. moments, and obviously I remember it. it. Boom! God damn it, Vince, <laughs> Vince wins again. <laughs> Got your ass. Uh, all right, so we have uh, Jr. interviewing Kenny Omega in Daly's place, um, and Omega's talking about Don Callis um, giving him drugs. <laughs> He's talking about uh, him facing Takeshita and DDT. Um, and then it's completely interrupted by, this is, again, we just had a segment where heels were attacking. And now we had Juice Robinson and Jay White, um, the Bullet Club Gold, jumped Omega uh, and Takeshita, and they beat the shit out of him, uh, sending him to the hospital, apparently. Uh, because we know that because Adam Page is cutting a promo that was decidedly not at the Collision Arena. It was somewhere else uh, in front of an ambulance where he's drinking a beer. And he announces that he, Kota Ibushi, and Kenny Omega will be taking on Bullet Club Gold and Takeshita uh, in a six-man tag. And uh, then he gets yelled at for drinking the beer outside of the hospital. Um, but this was kind of built up uh, as far as like the Omega Takeshita thing. But again, it was... Heels attacking, matches announced. And again, I'm not complaining about the matches. That match is going to fucking rule. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, sure. Of course. What do you think about it, Jason? Um, I guess I was thinking this would be more of a, a longer-term storyline when Jay White kind of made mention of the effect of the Elite, I guess, that was on Collision over the weekend. And I was thinking, okay, Jay White, Kenny Omega – you know, that would, you know, be a good little feud or whatever the case may be. But this this works, too, ultimately. I mean, it, it ties all the, uh, the 
the characters together. It makes Jay White's promo make sense. Obviously, Takeshi Omega was my thought going in as a singles match. But you bring Jay White and uh, Juice in, obviously, Coda and uh, Hangman on the other side. It's going to be a good little six, man. No, no doubt about that. Are, are they going to be the hung golden lovers? <sighs> nice. <laughs> this is <laughs> this uh this segment well played this segment was very uh ineffective for this viewer again this seems like a lazy way to get to a big multi-man match again they're using people in this multi-man match i'd much rather see omega Takeshita. like that i think we get it it's just not I mean, I know that they have a pay-per-view the next week, so maybe that's where those that's where these ones will be happening. So, you know, I just didn't think <laughs> I just thought that I think that Omega's not very believable in the sit-down uh environment. I think that the beatdown was weird. <laughs> I thought that the cutaways to JR just kind of shaking his head. <laughs> where it's, like, it's, like, it's like, man, that's a guy that's seen a lot of beatdowns. Right. You know, he's just like, ah, God, God damn. Boys are at it again. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get out the way. <laughs> I thought it was all pretty weird. Um, I thought Hangman Pages, uh, Hangman Pages promo from the ambit from the area from the hospital basically was super weird. It made me think of Pinocchio because Hangman Page cuts a promo like a wooden doll who was magically turned into a real boy at some point. It's like oh, that, guy's, no. that, guy's, <laughs> that guy's his promo style. Oh God, that promo was terrible. Oh my God. And then the guy comes and says you can't drink beer at the hospital and he chugs it. Whoa. Dude just fucking <laughs> chugs six ounces of old style. How cool is this motherfucker? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that was so weak. That was so bad. Man, Hangman Page is great in the ring. He is bad on the mic, man. Just bad. Uh, he's, I mean, I don't think he really kind of gave much of a shit about this. Like, he was really good as world champion. He had some really good promos. Yeah. I don't say he's bad on the mic. I, you know what? For good content, I'm just going to say he is terrible. <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna stick to it. <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Jericho gives his answer to Don Callis, and the answer is a yes, which is not what Callis was expecting uh, because apparently he had had not only like I love this because hey, I love Don Callis, but I also love uh, how stupid he is in kayfabe because he is. The biggest asshole heel and big asshole heels are supposed to be very stupid and the baby face is supposed to be smart. And so not only did he have this painting commissioned, which was him with a with an amazing body holding Jericho's severed head, which is very over the top, but he brought it into the ring like fully expecting that Jericho was going to say no. Um, like he thought that he knew everything. Like he is just so confident, and he failed. And anyway, so uh, he, or, uh, Jericho's like, oh, "What's this?" And uh, shows it. And uh, <laughs> Good to see you, people. Must move along, <laughs> dude. And Callus, Callus, trying to explain it. Like when he's just like, "No, it's it's a rib." Like, and he's just, his delivery is so perfect. All I can um, think is, what was the painting supposed to be for if Jericho had said no? 
I know. Like, was I he know. just going to unveil a painting okay. of this him holding future, a severed Jericho. head? Like, what was the actual plan? <laughs> like, have the guys come and beat him up and then show him the painting? Anyway, fucking somebody buy me that painting. They should sell those things in the merch at AEW shows. That, be, that needs to be a I would completely buy a painting or buy a poster that was Don Callis holding Chris Jericho's severed head. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I would put it prominently in my home. <laughs> no, it was... What, right what, right do above you, the bed. what do you think about this segment, Jason? <laughs> God damn, you ain't shit. Um... I thought he. I thought Jericho was going to say no, honestly. Um, just because it felt like it was too obvious for him to say yes. For for all the reasons for him to say yes, I expected him to say no. So when he said yes, I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, shit. So then, of course, we get to the point where Jericho's like, you know, what's the what's this underneath the... Uh, the, uh, the, the sheet or whatever, you know, he's trying to rush him out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the beatdown happens. I don't have a problem with that. Sammy's maybe from last week now makes sense because he comes in and makes the save. If anything, now Chris Jericho is a baby face. He's not a heel any longer, uh, for at least for this person over here. I know you guys were saying calling him a baby face a while ago. I still didn't think he was a baby face. This is now a baby face turn as far as I'm concerned. Okay. This is also a strange thing that doesn't make sense in this segment. Like, if you're trying to make Chris Jericho a baby face, why would you have him say yes to joining the most evil guy in the company until he shows you a poster of him holding your severed head? Hey, man. Hey man. We, like, we, we got to draw a line somewhere. Like, that is not a baby face move to be like, hell yeah, I'm joining this dude. And then, like, wait a minute, me too? Wait, you know, you were getting ready to be mad at me if I said no? So anyway, I I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the segment though because I I thought that poster was the absolute tits and I think that Don Callis is hilarious. No, absolutely. Everybody's yeah, I mean, got a type. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will Hosprey, you know, comes in and that there's you know lends credence to the rumors. So a beatdown. So this is the third segment and it's the third segment that ends in a beatdown. Uh, Jericho gigs. He's got blood all over him, so um, that sets up the match for Wembley. Uh, then we had uh, Darby Allen and Nick Wayne, which uh, bucked the trend. It did not end with a beatdown, but it began with a beatdown instead. So Gabe Sagany attacked Wayne and Allen uh, at the be at the beginning during their entrance, um, and uh, so they didn't have a very long match. And I think there was a. Hey, can yeah. I can I pause you for a second? Yeah. I, I know you guys talked about this last week a little bit, but isn't Osprey Jericho at Wembley also mega disappointing? Absolutely. Now, I'm okay with it. You're okay with it. Yeah. All right. I think it's I think like who would you want? Okay, then. I never believed. I never believed it because I was thought. I thought they're not going to put Osprey with Jericho. Like who, that then, just reeks to me of Jericho politicking. Like he's done so much for the company, and he asked Tony to do it because he's always or, got to attach himself maybe, to the hot thing. Or maybe it's Tony Khan saying thanks and being like, "This is the biggest show. We're going to put you against the hottest up and comer there is." Like, who who would you want to have instead? Because obviously you do, you can't do Osprey. Yeah, Takeshita, Omega, 
Claudio, Moxley. No, but uh, obviously, fucking uh, uh, Penta, uh, Phoenix. No, 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 no. Kingo, Miro, Eddie Kingston, <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins, Doink the Clown, uh, Bruise the Barber, <laughs> Beefcake. <laughs> obviously, there was a plan in place. Okay, that's my point. You're you're acting like. You could just do this and just make this shit happen. Certain times you can't. I don't think this is one of those times you can. Wembley has probably been planned for a while. Now, why it took so long for these matches to be made, another story for another time. Husker do, Husker don't, Stevie Ray, <laughs> Booker T, Occam, Razor, <laughs> Velveteen Dream. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Test. <laughs> we dig it up test. We dig it up test. That's what we doing here. Canyon. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Who's better than Canyon? Nobody. I don't think this uh is gonna be as bad as people think it is. At least you guys think it is. Well no, because it's gonna be a he, like it is absolutely like Osprey will deliver. We just saw him deliver an amazing match with a concussed. No doubt, no doubt it's gonna be great. No doubt it's gonna be great. I'm just it's just frustrating. It's disappointing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. At least for me. Okay. Uh, it just, to me, it really does. It screams of, like, uh, Jericho politicking. And, um, you know, it's, like, not saying undeserved, but. That being like, said, I'm it, looking forward to that match more than I'm looking forward to any of those multi-man matches. Like, Jer- well, Jericho versus Osprey sells the show for me in, in a certain way. Not, not the whole way, but. It's like, oh, that's a match. That's a that's a big match that I would it's, want yeah, to see. Yeah, it's a big singles match. Yeah, that I'm coming around. I'm coming around to it now. Complete the card. You just can't have a bunch of multi-man matches like they do in New Japan and expect people to be okay with it. At some point, you're going to have to have another singles match. FTR Bucks, obviously, that's your tag team hey. match. But you're gonna need something to go with Cole and Adam Cole, listen, baby. I, listen, I know that or, we're I know that we're doing Cole. predictions next week, but I, you know what? I'll save it for next week. I want to hear predictions on that match from you guys, but like next week we'll talk about it. Okay, what was next? Sorry, uh, so yeah, Darby Allen. No, it's fine. They had the match, and um, it ended with a uh, just. This is my wife walked in on me right here and I like she knows I watch wrestling obviously and <laughs> say what you doing dog? I'm just like, I'm like why did you have to walk into no that? risk control <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, say, I know you like so, Darby and everything but damn basically you know mogul affiliates they're, they're surrounding the ring and then we have like on the titantron or whatever uh Cesar Romero I'm sorry, Sting, and he has kidnapped Prince Nana, and he is basically channeling uh, Jim Carrey from The Mask, and like I said, Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Eric Joker, and uh, he is just rambling, and he has kidnapped a human being, and then he lets that kidnapped human being run off until he says, Nana, Nana. Hey, 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 come back. I need someone to talk to me. This was, like, so weird. At the same time, it's hilarious. Also, at the same time, Sting was obviously having fun, and he is 
more charismatic than almost anybody on the show. He's had natural charisma his whole life. That's why he was like, you know, one of the biggest baby faces of all time. But my wife walked in and she was like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I don't know. I, I felt like embarrassed, and, uh, you know, that she thought. So is this what you were talking about whenever we were? Uh, nope. Whenever I mentioned that. <laughs> it wasn't it? Nope. <laughs> There's something coming up. That was worse. Okay. We are, we already over started to jostle for position this, underneath the board. Jason, Box him out. Box him Jason, out. Jason, what did you think <laughs> about? Hold the, holding the bench back. <laughs> Just holding the bench back. Jason, what do you think about Joker Sting? Uh... I, I, honestly, I didn't like Joker Sting in TNA. It, it never resonated for me. It always felt like over the top, more of the same here. Um, it it kind of it, it kind of takes away from the the physical match itself. Even though it was after the match, I just I don't know. I, I get it. Some people obviously will like it. For me, just too over the top. For me. Um, Joker Sting never res- resonated for me. That's where I've always kind of drew the line with Sting's uh, alternate characters. It's te- it was terrible, terrible. Joker Sting sucks. This sucked. Um, so <laughs> I like the wrestling of it. I think the the Gates of Agony dudes fucking rule. Um, that's the part that pissed me off. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, I don't. I have no desire to see Sting wrestle. Again, after his last two outings, and I have no desire to see Joker Sting. Okay, if we just keep him from doing some stupid shit, he'll be fine. Last time, he couldn't even make it back to the corner at the end of the match. Do you remember that? It was bad. With the, oh, that, that was after the time he jumped off the, uh, went, the ladder? We went through the table. It was all within, like, the same uh, week. <laughs> it feels yeah, like it, it all bad. happened at the same time. It's like, oh, what's he doing? Uh, exacerbated and everything but yeah um so uh i will say apparently i went online i went on to reddit because uh i was just like what do other people think it was like a mile face here i just thought it was so weird uh and i I found out on reddit apparently in the uk joker sting is over huge because i guess they used to play impact on free tv or whatever and he's Mm -hmm. i guess thing has said in the past that when he goes to the uk that's the thing that people like love um so, I guess it was just doing doing a solid for the UK fans. Uh, anyway, it makes sense. holy shit! Yeah, I hate when he so. makes that face. <laughs> the face and then, and then Zach texts us too. It's like, oh god, <laughs> okay, that face. I'm just like, oh, what are you talking yeah, about? He makes that Joker face that yeah. doesn't look like any of the Jokers. It's his own Joker. It's Joker Sting, motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, what, what you expect? I still like it better than uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Still, I can't still, believe people like that movie. movie. No. Oh, I can't believe people like it. I saw it twice in the theater. Oh, dude. Oh, I hated okay, that. that I hated that movie. I hated it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was somewhere in the in the, uh, the gray. It took place in 1978, sure. and the major plot point was that he went viral. It was so stupid. Oh God! Good point. No, good point. I hated it. I'm sure that you will uh, love the sequel, which is going to be a musical starring uh, Jacqueline Phoenix and Lady Gaga. Whoa, that's a thing. thing? Yeah, that's a thing. I'll I'll check it out. Wow. (laughs) Hey, I thought the Joker was a swing and a miss, but man, it was a swing. It was a swing. They tried some shit. 
I just I just didn't think it was very effective. This has been Bill's movie corner. <laughs> this has um, been banned from so, the concession stand. <laughs> banned from popcorn. <laughs> banned from the concession stand. Nice. Uh, that's so good. We don't have uh, any so, Mike and Ikes. <laughs> we have Chewy Spree. <laughs> we have Mamba. Nice. I was saying all that good shit, man. I'm ready to go see a movie, get high, get bang some shit up. Go yeah. ahead, Zach. Sorry. Uh, so this is kind of where the fever dream started, and then we just continued the fever dream with uh, Adam Cole and MJF. This is the longest segment, um, and there's so much bonkers shit in here. Uh, I do think it was very funny that in order to uh, scout Aussie Open, they go to Outback Steakhouse. Uh, that cracked me up. And then uh, MJF gets the idea that he should adopt a kangaroo kick as an offensive maneuver. <laughs> and one that is actually going to finish these Aussie guys. Um, so they do uh, this whole bit where they get to the phone or they get to the arena and uh, they do this whole thing with a, uh, like a kiddie pool and inflatable uh, alligators. Yeah. And they double clothesline a guy into a kiddie pool. Uh, and then apparently it all happened right in front of Tony Khan's office. And this is like the first time Tony Khan's not been on camera, but been like in an angle, like in a skit. And um, so then it, it was very meta because the whole thing about the people say online about Tony is that he should like take a firm stance with like his main eventers and stuff. And so what does he do on television? He screams at his main eventers uh, behind closed doors. And then whenever they come out, uh, and Jeff's like, oh, I was really going to lay into it. This is going to cost him in 2024. And Tony says, what did you say? And he's like, oh, I said you look great today. And he's like, oh, okay, thanks, guys. And he, like, turned him with Tony Khan that we see everywhere else. Like, uh, So um, this was very meta. But also at the same time, I'm like, what am I watching? Like, if somebody walked in on me watching that, I enjoyed it. But I'm just like, dude, like, that's the dumbest shit uh, from an outside perspective. Jason, what do you think of it? I like the Tony Khan part, honestly. <laughs> that to me was, I mean, the double close line of the kiddie pool was just, you know, just simply over the top kindly. Uh, but Tony, the Tony Khan part was the part that I, I actually popped where I was just like, oh, oh, that's okay. Well played, fellas. Well played. Just as to the ultimate big picture story of the MJF, Adam Cole, baby, bromance. Um Obviously, they had the, I won't call it a promo battle, but, you know, their perspectives leading up to the Wembley title match. Um, Aussie Open coming out to attack them post-match. Wasn't, I didn't expect it, but to see MJF, you know, try the kangaroo kick and, you know, Kyle Fletcher get out of the way. The double clothesline is not used, but teased there as well. It's a lot of good stuff with this Adam Cole, MJF pairing. The story has been way better than I anticipated. I just, I want to see how, ultimately it's going to be who turns on who. Because you saw Adam Cole, baby, kind of setting up, looking for a super kick, at least teasing that. MJF felt like, at least to me, it felt like he knew it was coming, but never really said anything, so... That, to me, is the underlying story where you have all this bromance that we see in front of us, but underneath, 
you know, it's two heels that have done heel shit. So it's just who's going to stab the other in the back first. I'll say this. Um, I'm not going to say much about the skit. It was what it was. I didn't. I think that they're not as funny as they think they are, but a lot of people seem to be enjoying it. I, maybe I'm just Debbie Downer this week. I don't know. I tell you what, I loved MJF's in-ring promo. I fucking loved it. I thought because he brought it back at the end and said, uh, "No matter how important you are to me, you're not the most important thing in the world. This is the most important thing in the world." It's like finally, it's like okay, they talked about the belt finally. Like MJF talked about how important the belt was, and not to sound too fucking. Uh, our internet wrestling community, not to sound too IWC, that's what's been missing from this whole thing. It's been forgotten. They've forgotten about the belt. So, um, I would yeah, go that the far. In-ring, the in-ring promo was fantastic. Um, Coles was good, but MJS was way better. Yeah, he, he told him, too. Going- he told him. He's like, that was a great story. This one's better, or whatever right. he said right before. It's like, damn. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he, and then he, he kind of blew him out of the water. <laughs> Yeah, he stole his gimmick. He said he was ready for story time with MJF, baby. And, um, yeah, what's funny is he did. He talked about going from being a nobody at All In, and he got the attention of Tony Khan. He was a nobody at All In. Like, I mean, people knew about him, but, I mean, he sat with us, and we had, I had no idea, like, who he was. I wasn't watching MLW at the time. Like, <laughs> No, uh, there were there were guys that we were talking to that when he sat down at our table, because he was waiting for Kazarian to come pick Kazarian and Scorpio Sky to come get him. Um, and he looked at me because I was eating a chicken wing, and he was like, don't get it on my scarf. And I was like, whatever, dude. <laughs> 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 but, like, there were these guys that we were talking to that were like, hey, get an interview with him. I was like, I, I don't know who the fuck he is. So, yeah, I probably yeah. I, I don't even know if he would have given us an interview. He probably would have at that time. It probably would have been in kayfabe, and I bet it would have fucking ruled. Yeah. Oh, he would have been. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Hey, he would have just roasted us. Yes. Like, oh yeah, he just yeah. had a, a field day with our asses for sure. Um, no, I, I remember seeing it. I'm like, is that MJF? And that's what the funny part about it is, because when he was talking about that part in the promo, immediately I thought about us as Starcast or whatever, and I'm, I always think about. It. To me, that's one of the highlights of the whole fucking weekend. Is th- that little, you know, few minute interactions with MJF, and I was looking at, him, I'm like, that- I'm not gonna go there. Um, Jesus Christ is right. Um, MJF, I didn't think he was nobody, but within that world of All In and that world of Starcast. You really had to know who MJF was. You really wa- had to watch indie wrestling. And in my case, I saw him on MLW with um, Richard Holiday and Alex Hammerstone. They were the dynasty at that point. And I was like, you know, I was, I liked that little trio or whatever. So I was like, okay, I, I at least knew who he was. But to see, like he said, from that point there to where he is now, I wouldn't have called that in a million years. Yeah, uh, but then... Again, to end the segment, we had another beatdown. So um, we're up to five, I think, now, uh, so far. One, and two, three. The beatdown uh, before the match. Uh, four. I'm counting this as four. Aussie Open is the yeah. fourth. All right. So, yeah, we had uh, – sorry, my notes here, but it's actually handy because I can go back and 
and look through. So beat down after the Uta match, that's one. Beat down after the Omega promo, that's two. Beat down after Jericho, that's three. Beat down before Gates of Agony, that's four. And then beat down after this is five. Um, all right, so we're at five. Let's let's keep going. Uh, and then uh, Renee interviewed Osprey or sorry Jericho. Um, you know, maybe Jericho versus Osprey all in, like we said. Then we had what I'm sure you guys uh, were talking about as far as the uh, the most embarrassing thing. My wife did not see this, but we had uh, Jeff Jarrett and defeated Jeff Hardy to uh, two young lions in a Texas Chainsaw Death Match in Tennessee. Um, in Tennessee, yes, Tennessee Texas Chainsaw Death Match. Uh, but this thing was an absolute mess, literally and figuratively. Uh, I don't want to jump the gun. I won't shit on it too much. I'll, I'll, I'll leave plenty of meat on the bone for you guys. Uh, but it was, I'll just describe it as a mess. It was a poorly lit mess. Um, and uh, the only good thing I can say about it is that uh, the movie studio gave them $100,000 to do this match. And it all went to the Maui Relief Fund because it was a fight for the, for the fallen show. So that's the only good thing that came out of this. But you guys enjoy uh, eating it up. Um, actually, the the embarrassing thing that I was going to talk about was the guns getting TV time at all. But this was a close <laughs> second place. Uh, Leatherface, the guy in the Leatherface coming down. Listen, I get that wrestling is supposed to be stupid sometimes. I know that there are hipsters in the internet wrestling community that are saying, actually, this was good. Uh, this was not good. This was terrible. Um this is the type of shit that if somebody walked in on, I would be embarrassed to be watching wrestling. Um, poorly lit, which I can only imagine is to make up for how uh, how slow Jeff Hardy is now. <laughs> damn. Uh, anyway, this sucked. I don't care how much money. Fucking get that Tony Khan. Just shell out $100,000 to not put this on television. This was insulting. Um, to the performers. <laughs> now nah, y'all signed up for this bullshit. Um, Jeff Hardy in the match was my first question. This whole thing started with Matt Hardy, and now Jeff Hardy's in this just train wreck of a match. You stole my thunder with the lighting, I'm assuming, and I'm not a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. I've never even seen any of the movies. So, you know, talk about me as no, you want first to. First pretty good. That's what I hear. Um, movie classic, you know, horror movie classic. Popcorn. Right. Um, so I guess that's part of the, the bad lying is part of the whole deal. I didn't even know Sanjay Dett was there until, like, they literally got into the light. I'm like, who is this guy in the red shirt that just keeps popping out of nowhere? You know, be I thought he was Jay Lethal. Really? And it's out should, Sanjay Dett. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They should have Satnam Singh play Leatherface in the movies, though. No. He's so big. That motherfucker came no, out with the overalls. He's very big. That dude came out with the yeah, overalls. The thing I was is, done. he wears a mask. You'd never have to see yeah, him. Yeah, Satnam Singh. Yeah, He'd you would never, never guess that it would be Satnam Singh. It totally. I'm saying uh, most people don't even know who Satnam Singh is. Shit, in this scenario, you would. I mean, that motherfucker stood out like a. No, I'm talking about in the movies, in the actual movies. Satnam Singh should be Leatherface. Anyway, you know, you know, the only way to make uh, 
the internet wrestling community more mad about this match is if you tell them that the guy in the Leatherface mask was Wardlow. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the reaction to that shit. I thought about it on the way over here, and I'm just going to stick to it. If this was WWE, I would lose my bonker-ass mind about this. This was... It has won the beefer. I'll go that far. For me, this is the worst match of the year. It's not even going to oh, be close. Good thinking. Good it's thinking. not even going to be close to what I could. I watch so much shit. So oh. you have an opportunity oh. so many times to Thank you. jump this bar. Nothing. Thank you for and reminding the rock me. means nothing can jump this bar. Worst Thank match of the year. Thank you for reminding me because I would also. On the short list, I would have that triple threat from SummerSlam last week. I didn't get the shit on it last week. I'm going to shit on it right now. That is also one of the worst matches of the year. All right. Uh, what's next? Uh, we had Britt Baker beat the Bunny, uh, which was completely predictable. I don't think anybody expected this to go any differently because it was for the opportunity to be in a four-way at all-in. So um, that was a thing that happened. And now it's Soraya, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and of course, Akarashi to the champion, which is a pretty, I mean, as long as I, it's probably going to be better than that SummerSlam thing, but I think Soraya is going to be over big because uh, UK, and uh, there's a lot of good workers in there, um, as long as they don't try to get too cute with it. And uh, Okay, that's, there you go. We thought the same thing coming in when we saw the triple threat at SummerSlam, and that shit was a train wreck. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, they're going to be, this is going to be something that they can lay this up and it'll be all good. Okay? Let's not assume anything when it comes to this match. I just don't want any of those really cute spots like they had during the Four Pillars match. Like, where they, like, just the way too choreographed. Oh, we're all laying down and punching the next guy in the face and shit like that. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. And I think really these types of matches go one of two ways. They're either really boring or they can be really good. Uh, I have hope for this one. All right, uh, we had Acclaim versus uh, just a couple dudes, uh, so they got to do their rap and pop the crowd and um, talk about Daddy Ass some more. Um, and then uh, we had Young Bucks in uh, main event beating. Uh, oh, oh, wait, hang on, man. House of Black what? beat him down. You missed a beat down. Oh, I missed a beat down. Oh, my God, yes. So that's. Absolute fucking bullshit. I know. Unprofessional bullshit. Beat down, beat down number six. And um, so, do you guys think that this is going to lead to the redemption of Daddy Ass? And do you think that they're going to take those belts from the House of Black at Wembley? Yeah. (sighs) Don't do this. Don't. Don't. I think. I no, so. as as much as I'm over here screaming, no, that's probably what it, that's probably what they're going to do. I just LFI just screams to me, this is the team that should defeat the House of Black. I get the storyline, I get it, but I'm gonna quote you two jokers. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Call the audible. A claim should be chasing after the winner of the FTR Bucks match. 
not chasing the trios titles. That's just me. Yeah, I, I, I probably agree with you. I haven't thought that much about it. I will say this. This is Max Caster's worst rap. This was yeah. really, really bad. This was absolutely terrible. It wasn't even like he was trying to land anything. It was really bad. Okay. I don't even remember it, so that probably makes me caught right. it like a couple penises. Yeah, um, he said they look like hairy penises because they were bald. It was fucking, it was really weak. He said, we're going to wrap this shit up like President Trump. Trump. like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, Young Bucks defeated the Young Club and ended. It was funny. They, they cheated to do it, which was kind of funny. Uh, the guns tried to cheat on them, and they're like, fuck you. Like, we're, we've been doing this a long time. We'll cheat to beat you. Right. And uh, uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but then we had another beatdown. Uh, so, of course, Juice Robinson, Jay White jumped the Bucks, and then FTR makes the save. And so we are positioning this as a baby face, baby face, which is smart because both these teams are universally loved. What do you think, Juice? Um, to me, it was about the guns. Just, I think they're better than a lot of people, including yourself, think. Um, I think ultimately... Bucks guns is going to be a few that we see somewhere in 2023. I don't think that uh, you have the guns and the Bucks have this match without doing something else down the line. Ultimately, it's about FTR Bucks and Wembley, the build for that. And like uh, Three Beer said, you got the Bucks and the FTR both positioned as baby faces, which is which is fine. I'm, it, something might change in the middle of the match to change it up, but ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter. You know, Wembley's just going to be molten hot for this match. It's going. It should be arguably one of the best matches on the card. Could be one of the best tag team matches of the year. So yeah, I got high expectations for this shit. Yeah, I got high expectations for it too. I'm cool with the way they're positioning it, and I was I was cool with FTR coming out and making the save on the Young Bucks, just because FTR's their characters are they would want the young bucks at 100 percent, and so excuses yep so i was cool with that yeah this match this match is gonna fucking rule this match is gonna light shit up okay so how we feeling about wembley now we me and zach were talking about you know there wasn't a lot of cards or matches on the card now we got some matches some matches we're looking forward to, others were not. How do you overall feel about the card? I'd say when we were coming in the Forbidden Door, there were two matches that were like, holy shit, those are legit dream matches in this type of scenario in Okada versus Danielson and Osprey versus Omega. Uh, this, so far, doesn't have a match that I am more excited for than either of those. I'll say I'll say that um, MGF versus Cole is intriguing to me, but I mean I think for a for a show of this stature, it is strange to me that that's the main event. It's your world heavyweight champion. I know. I figured they would put him against somebody bigger than Adam Cole if they were going to headline Wembley, like a CM Punk, book like, it like a Moxley, something like that, like an Omega. Book it then. What would you want? I mean, I would have rather they started way earlier and have it be have start the story way earlier and have it be Omega versus MJF. That sounds badass to me. 
okay, so if we're going on that alternate storyline, there's no Omega Osprey. Yeah, listen, man, I'm not here to try to I'm just write, write the screenplay or anything. I'm just saying there are matches that are bigger than MJF Adam Cole that I would rather see or that would make more okay, sense so, as the headliner okay, so in let's, a show as big as Wembley Stadium. So let's play devil's advocate. If you could have one of the two matches, would you want Omega MJF for Wembley or I'll let you pick the one that you like better between Omega and Osprey because essentially that's your ultimate. No, if Omega Osprey would be the dream match for this particular uh pay-per-view for this particular event as the main event. That is that's what it should have been. In my mind that's the biggest match that AEW can put on. And uh I would rather it be that. But okay. Well book it then. Am, am you- I I mean am I crazy? I, I mean, I think I just did book it. What do you do next, though? I don't care. That's not that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to. I'm talking about the pay per view that's next fucking week, and I'm saying that I'd rather have a different main event. Zach, what do you think? I think the main event's good. Um, I think you just have a thing against short guys. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he ain't lying, this motherfucker. He ain't cross, lying. cross my mind. I <laughs> <laughs> say you've been on Adam Cole for about the last two, three years. Oh, come on! I love Adam Cole. We represent. Adam I was getting ready to say I was waiting for represent it. the <laughs> can I, say I forgot something? about that. Yeah, can, can I say something about uh, Roger Strong? That's, that's one seconds. of my best bits. Yeah, you ain't shit for that motherfucker either. <laughs> Riley Strong is over here just never going to get healthy because every time you look up, he hurting something, getting mad about Adam Cole running off with MJF. This week he kicks the fucking tire and shit. You know, now he's got ice on his fucking foot. I'm like, dude, you need to settle the fuck down. Otherwise, you're never coming back healthy. Riley Strong is another underlying story, funny as it may be, but underlying story once Adam Cole and MJF get through all this, uh, wherever it leads. Ultimately, I think you're going to get something with the kingdom and Adam, uh, Adam Cole, Roddy Strong, that those four guys in a totally different spinoff uh, feud. Uh, okay, let me just ask Zach this. Zach, do you think that this is the biggest main event that there could be at Wembley Stadium, or do you think that would you have rather they gone in a different direction? I think uh, as far as, like, marquee match, it's probably not the biggest marquee main event um, because you could have had Omega Osprey, and that would have made him it even ahead of the heavyweight belt. But I do think it's their hottest program, and it's the hottest thing in the company. Um, yeah. It's hotter than anything CM Punk's doing. So they're putting their best foot forward of things that they have. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for our two count. Let's get to that. Three count. All right, the three count is WWE proper. Um, so I was I was home alone on Friday night watching wrestling. The wife was out with her friends for her birthday, so I watched SmackDown Live, which was very fun, especially because I had just put the baby to bed at 8.20. I had just gotten high at 8.30, and that's right when the Bloodline segment started. So it was like that real good high, you know, like right after you get high where you're like, oh, fuck, what planet am I on? Is this, <laughs> like, 
have the walls in this room always been this color? Like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And, like, so I'm watching I'm watching that Bloodline segment, and, man, it got me. This was a good segment. I thought that Jimmy's explanation was so-so. So, about, you're giving them a little too much credit yeah, for that. Probably. Probably. You're probably you're right. You're a little too much credit. But um, I thought that Jay coming back super kicking everybody and then looking in the camera and saying i'm out wwe deuces ooses he's basically saying he quits it's a new wrinkle in the in the story that's a good wrinkle because now i want to see what happens when jay's gone keep jay gone for a while just pay him and let him go away for a month or so you know what do you think about this act i was reserving judgment on the finish of SummerSlam. Um, until I saw this, and I will admit that the segment was good, and I popped for the segment. I thought, just like a lot of the Bloodline stuff, it was delivered very well, and it was intriguing, and it was very fun television, very good, exciting pro wrestling television. Uh, but I will officially officially stand by my statement that it did jump the shark at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, were you reserving judgment? Because I heard you on the podcast, they jumped the shark. You texted me, they jumped the shark. You put on Facebook, they jumped the shark. That didn't sound like your judgment was reserved. It sounded like you had made your judgment. Mm-mm. I had said I was going to reserve <laughs> He just went dab on your ass. <laughs> yeah, he just brought all the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> shaking his fist at the clouds and everything. <laughs> this was the worst shit I've ever seen. I'm reserving judgment, though. Ooh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just having fun. It's the best head ever, but I'll tell you tomorrow. (laughs) But I was, uh, I'm I'm basically completely in agreement. Like, it really doesn't, the kayfabe shit, that really doesn't make any sense. Uh, But you're cool with Jay quitting, right? I think it's awesome. I, I was not expecting that at all. Just to super kick his brother, super kick the tribal chief, and then say deuces to the hottest angle in like WWE like history. I mean, it's <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. effective. So, uh, not fancy booking, but predictions like when does Jay come back? For me, um, you said don't fancy book it. Uh, Survivor no, I mean, Series is probably feels about right. Uh, it's. August now, that will be a couple of months. You can allow Jimmy, whatever this storyline is going to be with him, flesh that out going forward. That's my biggest thing. Just the the explanation. Just, I, what is this? Like, it's Lord of the Rings shit? I mean, come on. What the Lee, fuck? Come that's, on. That's stop. Really, that's that's really what good. it was. That's exactly what it was. When that's he said that shit, I'm like, what? That, that's it? That's the excuse? Well, Dude, mean, that's horseshit. I mean, that's what. That's what Zach was saying that I agree with is that just to have Jay come out there or just to have Jimmy come out there at the end of SummerSlam. Sorry, I didn't get to talk about last week, but just to have him come out and um, it just felt like, oh, well, this was the obvious next thing. But this is also like what the onion would write the next thing as, you know, it's like actually Jimmy comes back and he super kicks Jay now. But Jimmy was just on Jay's side and it's really doesn't make any sense because this is what happens this is what the belt does to you or this is what the tribal chiefdom does to you the fuck out of here right that's that was the whole point is that 
Jimmy was the whole guy that got this whole fucking thing started. When he got Jay was, you know, in conflict, you know, what are you doing? Jimmy's like, well, fuck it. I'll do this shit. Boom. That's what big brothers do or whatever the fuck he said. And that's how this whole thing starts. So then you go from that point to then now on SmackDown, it's like, you know, I did it because I was scared because I don't want you to turn out like Roman Reigns. Get the fuck out of here. That's the, that's It doesn't make sense. I'm not going to sit here and say it jumped the shark, but this portion does not make sense at all. And now it's ultra important to whatever Jimmy does, they have to make sure it's being done well because they don't, then people are going to circle this moment where the bloodlines storyline started to go south. Zach, how long do you think Jay is gone? Mm, I'd say when when is backlash is that like We are ahead. We just had some hey, last payback. Week. Payback. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. Um, How did you I'd not say know payback? Payback, right? baby. Payback lash at the champions. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say uh, after that. I think they sell it for a little while. Is but his, not too long because he's the it's the hottest angle. So. Yeah, is his next match against Jimmy straight up? No. Mm. You think they're saving yeah. that? I think they're. I think they got to strike while the iron's hot. I'm they, not disagreeing with they you. Can't but they can't wait till WrestleMania. I think they're going to try to wait till WrestleMania. No and, way. and I think they're if they're if they think they're going to do this, then I say Jim or Jay doesn't come back until the Rumble. That's a bad idea because ACLs tear. I'm just saying you got to do it. Um, okay, so Rey Mysterio. So it looks like this is what they where they were trying to get. But Rey Mysterio has to take over for Santos Escobar because of the the beatdown that happened beforehand by Austin Theory. Rey Mysterio is your new U.S. champion. What do you think, Jason? I didn't see it coming, one. Um, it's, it's not a knock on Rey. I mean, you know, God bless him, you know, one of the greatest luchadors ever. But it kind of throws a, a little bit of a – a monkey wrench in the the L.A. Knight story. Um, L.A. Knight can wrestle Ray. I don't think it would be, you know, that big of a deal. Obviously, their paths have crossed uh, more so when L.A. Knight was on on his heel character mode. Um, my, my immediate thought was, you know, is this going to make Santos Escobar flip heel. You now he had this chance. He got it, you know, taken away from him because of injury. And now here comes Ray. No disrespect to Ray, but Ray comes in and wins the U.S. title. My knee jerk reaction is: Watch Santos Escobar. He could flip heel. And then just for the, on the L.A. Knight side, is L.A. Knight going to have to face Ray Mysterio? It's not like it's going to be, you know, don't put them next to each other. But it's something to at least consider as Ray being the current champion. L.A. Knight is at least being positioned with Miz at this point to, so Miz can help L.A. Knight get over probably more so as a babyface. So it'll just be interesting to see once we get to that point where L.A. Knight is challenging for the U.S. title. We're we're getting there. It's just who's the champion at that point. If it's Ray, then it's going to be real interesting to see how it plays itself out. 
if Austin Theory, for some odd weird reason, gets the title back, which now I don't see it happening. That's the that's the other thing. Austin title loses. Austin Theory loses the title to Ray in a storyline that we haven't we weren't even thinking about. We were just assuming that it was going to be L.A. Knight, and now it's not. So it's it's a lot of things that are we're going to have to play the wait and see game. It was just a surprise that Ray won the title. I just assumed that Austin Theory was going to retain. Zach? I was surprised, and it seemed like they were building towards something else. Uh, but, you know, it's better than Theory having it. So, uh, Damn, yeah. dude. He was doing nothing with it. It wasn't elevating it, and the he wasn't elevating it, and the title wasn't elevating him. Tell him when he's lying. He's telling the truth. Okay, but I'll, I'll say this. In you Austin, put Theory on TV barely anymore. In Austin Theory's defense, I think that's part of my biggest problem with WWE throughout the years. It's, it's very top-heavy. You have the top stars, but then now for Austin Theory, you don't have competition for him. That's not on Austin Theory. They've that's been, on WWE. They've been a lot better lately. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm yeah. just saying for this particular person – as your champion, someone that has gotten his fair share of building pushes, you got now to the point where now he's reached the ceiling of the mid card. So now you take the title off him. That's fair. But now he's on the Roman Reigns side. Yeah. So he ain't beating Roman Reigns. This is why, for at least for WWE's portion of the program, I want them to have two title belts because now Austin Theory has at least a chance to be a world champion. It might not be on the show that he's on right now, but somewhere down the line, he could be a world champion if you play the cards right. Austin, it's not the end of the Austin world for Austin Theory. Theory. Yeah. He's a pretty fucking far away from challenging uh, okay. for the and, world. Okay, and, and we were saying the same thing about Seth Rollins of a few years ago when he was in that uh, Hell in a Cell match with Bray Wyatt. So yeah, let's not jump the gun yeah, just yet. Seth Rollins had already been champion at that point. Austin Theory's just... Let's not jump the gun just yet. He's That's Ezekiel Jackson. I mean... Whoa! They put the belt on him for a while, you know? They, I could see him being gone from the company at this point. No way. Who do you put that on, Austin Theory or the WWE? To me, it's I on mean, WWE. Yeah, it's got to be on WWE. You think He's, the fans just to take to him, or do you eh. think that's what that's how they presented him? I I I think they did so many starts and stops with him that it just people stopped caring. You would think that the John Cena win would, at least in their mind, probably catapult him. Um, but they completely they, cooled him off. And that okay, and that didn't work either. So. To me, it's on them. I mean, it's not like Austin Theory can't talk. He can't. It's not like he can't wrestle. He can't. So, I mean, the talent is there. It's now you're not who he's in the ring with or his fuse outside of the ring just aren't working. Uh, Edge is facing Sheamus tomorrow night in, like, an exhibition match. What's this, what's this about, Zach? So, it is Edge's last match on his contract. According to Edge himself. So uh, he's talked about wanting to retire in Toronto. So SmackDown's going to be in Toronto. It's his hometown. Um, if he's actually going to do it, then, you know, it seems like an interesting matchup. Uh, like decent story background, even though it wasn't like built up. Uh, but they did explain it pretty well. But yeah, that's, that's the rumor because Adam Copeland is straight up said, says this is my a last contract. Says a lot about 
uh, Edge's respect for Sheamus. Absolutely. Uh, now we can do the little uh, fantasy thing. It's like, is because remember Edge worked this when he said, you know, I'm never going to be able to wrestle again right before he came in for the Royal Rumble. So, like, he definitely could wrestle. Um, so, is he working us and he's going to still wrestle in WWE? Um, or is uh, he showing up at all in? Yeah. So Adam, Cop- Adam Copeland is all in. Yep. Uh, 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 wow. Um, There's no way I, he does that, is there? No, I just, I think he's a WWE he's guy. He's doing, he's like, I want it on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I say, what you doing, man? I got, I can do that shit. I think he's a WWE guy. I would be. He's like, you don't even take bumps? You just stand there in a turtleneck? <laughs> you go, how you the champion, motherfucker? Um, you just grabbed a belt and said it was yours? Oh, my God, I got to get over there. I would love like, to bring my daughter. Five million? Right. I, 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 I'd love to yell my daughters on national TV. Um, I think he's, honestly, I think he stays. I think he's loyal, maybe loyal to a fault. Um, he could go over to AEW and you can you do some Edge and Christian shit. Throw the Hardys in there if you want to, something like that. Or um, was Edge Leatherface? <laughs> God, can you imagine if he went out like Leatherface goes out there and spears Jeff Jarrett, takes off his mask, and it's Edge? Okay, now, <laughs> now you might have given me my interest. He comes to AEW to fight Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett got a fucking title. That's the last thing. He got a title for that. Now, okay, we, old, I know, old Double J would put them over, too. <laughs> I know you guys talk about how many titles the in AEW He wouldn't is. mind looking at the lights. Nah, man, shit. When He'd he put be all that, right. When they put that title on Jeff Jarrett's waist, or the, the show, I was like, that's it. I'm fucking done. I, that's why Jungle Boy is going to retire the FCW because he's going to chase that Texas Chainsaw title. Oh, yeah. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ almighty. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, let's see here. What else we got? So uh, on Raw, there was a bunch more Judgment Day stuff. Judgment Day was all over this Raw. Um, J.D. McDonough. So it ends with J.D. McDonough coming out and helping out Judgment Day, but he doesn't stand in the ring afterwards and raise his arms with them. Uh, where? What you think about Cody versus Finn Balor and what you think about the Judgment Day uh, developments on Raw, Jason? The physical match I thought was good. Uh, it kind of... I don't necessarily mind Cody using the briefcase. I know some people are like, you know, Cody shouldn't use the briefcase. It is what it is. I don't I don't hold that against him, you know. He's still a baby face regardless, you know, he just beat uh Finn to the punch. The briefcase getting pushed in, that was a, you know, one of those what kind of moments because you've done this all the time and now the briefcase goes between Finn's legs, doesn't make Finn look exactly great, but I do like the fact that he and Priest kind of look at each other, and and there's the obvious miscommunication. The JDD or JD McDonough portion of it, I don't have a problem with that because they basically told him in the first segment, "You ain't a part of Judgment Day. You basically, you know, the errand or the message boy between us and Finn. So just you know, keep your ass that way." He bought him some time, you know, saving Damian Priest at the end, and they had their look, but. Once again, when the beatdown was really starting to take an effect, J.D. McDonough was like, yeah, y'all got this, right? Fair enough. I'm going to melt into the background. So, I mean, it's all a play on 
is JD McDonough a part of Judgment Day or not? Can he get is the relationship with him and Damian Priest enough to where Damian Priest, you know, accepts him and trusts him? It's a layered story, and that's all you can ask for, especially when the bloodline story feels like it's winding down. The Hurt Business 2.0 is kind of in the uh, the background. I love the fact that it's not even a thing. It's just they're just giving you crumbs, giving you crumbs. And then all of a sudden when the bloodline finally implodes, the Hurt Business should rise to the top on SmackDown. That's another story for another time. I didn't mind the, the Judgment Day being on this show because a lot because a lot of the things that they did – ultimately make sense at the end of the night. Zach. Yeah, I'm in, I'm into it. Um, I agree. Uh, they're just, they should be on it. It's a three hour show. They're one of the best parts of it. Um, so Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. Uh, I thought I was like, is this the blow off? And I really thought that this was going to be the blow off. And it was, not to blow off. They're going to have a cage match next week. Why? It is um, because this is, you know, because this is just good no. storytelling no. and exciting television no. and just no. professional. It's wrestling, you know. No, no. It, it, it's, some, it's some wrestling, all right. No, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's this. This should have been it. It really should have been. Okay. For me personally, didn't like it when it started. It's drug on for a little bit. Zoe Starks is a casualty of this motherfucker as far as I'm concerned. And now we're going to have a cage match. When Trish tried to do that, like, well, I guess like a, a handstand to where you do the, uh, I guess it's a rider off the top and she missed it. That's why I was like, okay, you know what? This, just stop it. Everybody that was saying, oh, Becky and Trish should have been on SummerSlam. No, you really shouldn't have. Because right then, you'd have fucked that up. SummerSlam would have lost their goddamn minds, and you'd have been out there for a few minutes longer looking silly. Let's just pump the brakes on Zach. that. It's over for this Trish and Becky thing. I don't need to see them in the cage. You really don't. Zach, how many stars would you give this match? I didn't watch it, so. Lucky <laughs> you. Uh, God, I'm jealous. I we thought... still had the G1. There's so much wrestling there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was into the Nakamura Seth Rollins segment. Did you like that, Zach? Oh, I didn't watch any of this. Oh, God, you are so lucky. I just read the, I just read the recap. No, I shouldn't uh, say that. It wasn't that bad. I couldn't. I was on a work trip. I was on the, I was on the coast, the central coast of uh, Oregon mm. uh, this week uh, for work, and uh, it Ooh. was decidedly lovely. Mm. And uh, yeah, I haven't watched wrestling. Good for you, uh, Jason. What did you think about the Nakamura Seth, Seth Rollins segment? Pinkies up and all that. Oh, good man. Yes, let, yes. let me clean my monocle. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cleanse the palate with this before we try the? I've new... got a whole pocket full of monocles. Okay? <laughs> I wish Nakamura was built up because then it would feel like Nakamura is a threat. That's what. That's how I came away from this. I don't have a problem with him speaking Japanese beforehand. He's a heel. He ain't, he ain't supposed to be doing, you know catering to the fans. He, he should say what he wants and speak what he wants. Um, the whisper part of it, you know, you want to know what he whispered in the Cess year, but ultimately it's it's the setup for their payback match. I just, like I said, I wish Nakamura was just built up more. And this is going back to the Vince regime where all I could think about is him and AJ kicking each other in the balls. And that was the highlight of their feud. I mean, 
he should have been a, a world champion at this point. That would make this match feel like it would be a little more bigger than what it – it just feels like they're rolling the ball out and going to make this match and, <laughs> and just let it happen. I like the segment, just the the feud itself. You know how it's going to end. I'm just ready for it to, to uh, just be done and move along. Pocket Full of Monocles sounds like the name of a Mumford & Sons song. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my cousin actually released a uh, comedy dance party album uh, with that title. Um, just check it out; it's pretty good. Really, yeah, it's pretty funny. That's a great yeah. name. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking great name. You are bullshit. That, that kills me. <laughs> you bullshit. No, it, no way. Nobody believes you. I believe you. Uh, no, uh, your wife Erin uh, uh, used to work with him at the Dubliner. I think Nick. There you have uh, it. You probably don't believe me about the album, not the fact that I have a cousin. So anyway, <laughs> that's on Google. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming you, I'm sure you have a cousin or two. Um, the, uh, Gunther, Gunther and Chad Gable. So we got, we got uh, Alpha Academy and Imperium in a little program. Feels kind of, you know, it doesn't feel like major Imperium, but it feels like minor Imperium, and it's a little bit of fun. I really do like that Ludwig Kaiser is way into Maxine Dupree. <laughs> that's he, that's my favorite part about it. Shoot your shot, Ludwig. Shoot your shot, player. I ain't mad at you. Um, Just a fucking horny German. God bless him. He would fit right in under this podcast. Um, I like the fact that... I think he's Austrian. That's very racist. Wow. He's either. No, I'm just messing with you. God, you he, said he's either? <laughs> I mean, they were basically the same country for a long time. They were Prussia forever. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm cousins with him. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Gable doing the chaos theory on Gunther to me was the, the takeaway from both segments. You at least see the fact that Chad Gable is able to do more against Gunther than Gunther thinks. Um Obviously, Gunther, I would assume, would retain and then break the record. My question is, earlier in the, uh, the night, you had Drew McIntyre not necessarily enthusiastic about being Matt Riddle's partner. Is this the Drew heel turn that's been rumored, or are we just kind of being... Hopefully. Is this taking the place of Randy Orton and mismatching Drew McIntyre with... Uh, Matt Riddle. I think that this is the beginning of a Drew heel turn. Uh, what do you think? I hope Zach? so, and I hope it. I hope yeah. it's like three weeks, and he's a heel. Yeah, like he's heel by payback. Tur- turn on Riddle, beat Riddle, use Riddle as a stepping stone to be like, hey, now I'm, you know, have him go over Riddle, and then he's kind of major, you know. I think he's major right now. Just watching him his facial reactions when Riddle came up. Yeah, he wants to turn heel. I think, well, I think it's probably, Seth needs opponents. And ultimately, that's an opponent that you can look at and realistically say, okay, McIntyre can beat Drew or McIntyre can beat Seth. If Seth wins, you can see Damian Priest come in and cash in on whoever the winner is. Either or. Now we're talking. So at that point, that's why I was just, the wheels started to turn where I was just like, man, Drew's sitting over there looking at Riddle like, man, I'd have beat your ass right now. I'm trying to get my shit out. You over here interrupting me. And every time McIntyre started to speak, Riddle kept interrupting him. And that's just going to lead up to an ultimate 
at least in my mind, a snap moment where Drew's like, you know what, fuck you, dude. I'm sick of your shit. I'm going to beat your ass. Um, And then I know that uh, Zach didn't watch NXT, but next week we do have Carmelo Hayes versus Wesley in a match for the big belt. Um, I'm excited about that match. Where are you at, Jason? It felt like Wesley was going to be the heel leading up until – Tuesday's episode and then Tuesday's episode felt like we got that old Carmelo Hayes back where he was just you know nice gophers you know I'm signing you know autographs backstage and I ain't got time for you Wesley just yet and it's it's interesting because I want to know I feel like we're going to get a heel Carmelo's Hayes run here in a little bit I was intrigued with the fact that you might get Wesley doing the heel but it feels like Carmelo Hayes is going to go back to uh, and Wesley, heel Carmelo Wesley Hayes. Dijak was a good match, too. It was. It was uh, a not better than I thought. I just I wish that A. Thorpe would just chill the fuck out. Get his ass after the fucking, you know, after Wesley wins. At that point, go ahead and, you know, beat that ass. I don't have a problem with that. I like the Mustafa Ali um, vignette. Um, this is a lot of stuff that I wish they were done with him on the main roster that now he has a chance to do on NXT. Um, and if you don't watch NXT, can I just say you should go out of your way and watch Baron Corbin promos because his promos are really fucking good. He is really, he really knows his character. <laughs> the Braun Breaker outside segment, I was like, hey, why are you jokers? You give know, me Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin. Why are you jokers in the parking lot is, is my question. You know how this NXT parking lot is, but two, yeah, now I want to see. Oh, they made me intrigued at least. Him talking to Von Wagner, telling him he's got a long career of wearing security. Dude, I was laughing. Like my, this. I was like, man, Dude, hell no. That is so I was like, you ain't good. Shit. You ain't shit. That is such, that is so cold, dude. Dude, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm sitting there shaking my head. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can see, so we see that. Funny. <laughs> He's the kind of size guy that they would look for security. Uh, anything that I missed on WWE you guys want to talk about? Um, Piper Niven came back. Um, she's. Oh, the, she just claims that she's the, she holds the belt now. That's my belt, punk. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. That's some Debo shit. That's whatever. All right. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Uh, nothing really out of the ring uh, this week. No real odds and ends. Anything that I'm missing? We talked to CM Punk shit. Yeah, we talked to CM Punk shit. So uh, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Soraya is 31. Lillian Garcia is 57. Velveteen Dream is 28. Byron Saxon is 42. Gunther is 36. Eric from the Viking Raiders is 39. Stevie Ray, the aforementioned Stevie, <laughs> the Stevie Ray episode. Stevie Ray is 65. Paul Ellering is 70. The Usos are 38, Pack is 37, Apollo Cruz is 36, and my darling little girl, Edna Mae Josephine Veggie, is two today. So, hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Vice, Check. for Tender Mahal. Check. For Lucha Chris, for check. Murray the Murray Man, Murray check. for Patriot Pat. Double check. For Reba the Dog, check. for Ed the May the Baby, check. for Xander and Millie the Cats, check. for check. Aaron, my wife. Double for check. Two Beers, Zach Pullman, check. for Jason Cornelius Bell, Kenichiwa, I am bitches. Bill Veggie, everybody, check. Black Lives Matter. Check. Support your local weed dealers, check. support your local restaurants, check. and never, 
ever, ever my timing's off because I missed last week. Never ever forget the boo the heels. Boo, bitch.